Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Hello, lovers. I am so blessed and honored to be in a position to share, you know, tools and tips and tricks that have the potential to heal and to bring you to a place of full sexual embodiment. And one of the tools that I absolutely love and have been using for the better part of a decade are crystal yoni products, including pleasure wands and yoni eggs. And I I was so excited to recently come across a brand called Wands, W-A-A-N-D-S. I met the founder here in Austin and I absolutely loved who she was. I love getting to know the people behind the products that I like to use. And I just loved her mission to really support women and men to explore, celebrate, and honor their sexuality. I felt this transmission of slow, sensual seduction in all of who she was and all that she brought to the world. So I went ahead and gave it a try. I purchased a blue quartz Amarito wand and the Amarito wand is great because it has this like a cool bulby end on it, which is designed for G-spot and cervical stimulation, but can also be used for prostate stimulation. So it's great for men and women and can even be used between partners. So I'm so honored to have built this relationship with her and to be able to offer you guys an amazing discount code. So if you use the code LEOLA, L-E-O-L-A, that will give you 15% off all products. And the website is wands.com, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. And we'll go ahead and link that in the show notes as well for you. So thank you so much for listening. And also you're welcome for the inevitable pleasure and healing and ecstasy that is coming your way with these products. Let's dive into the episode. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I am going to be getting a bit spicy in the feels by pondering the question, are you cock-blocking love? And I ask this question from personal experience. This is going to be one of those episodes where I jump around a bit. I share a little bit more about my personal journey and how it may or may not relate to you. As always, take what lands, leave the rest, trust yourself above all else, including me. I'm not your guru. You get to be your own guru. That being said, we are all divine mirrors for one another. And I'm going to share some of my life experience and maybe it has something to show you about yourself as well. So I'm recording this episode coming off of Thanksgiving, which was so magical and beautiful. You know, 
friends who are like chosen family gathered around, around a table, sitting next to my husband, sitting next to my best friend who I get to co-create retreats and life with, beautiful tablescape, you know, we're having fun, we're laughing, we're playing games, we're eating delicious food. And it was so, so soul nourishing for me because growing up, you know, and I'm, and maybe you resonate with this. I think a lot of people will resonate. In fact, it's kind of a joke around the holiday season, you know, around spending time with our families and the triggers that result both from us and from us triggering our family members and, you know, family members pressuring us to do certain things around the house or in life, asking uncomfortable questions, all kinds of, you know, not, not fun stuff come up around the holidays and oftentimes with our families. And so to be surrounded by this incredible community, this chosen family whom, you know, are all like-minded, high vibe, incredible people who wouldn't be in my life if I hadn't have, you know, released the conditioning, the ways of being that I was raised around. And what made it even more sweet was uh, my husband, Andrew, was sitting next to one of my good friends, uh, Jolie, who has been on the podcast before. And you know, they later told me that they were talking all about how we want to raise our kids together on a commune and how can we make this work? And, and just in this space of let's create a new earth, let's, and, and it's not to say that we're abandoning our families. I called my family members on the holiday and there's something to be said for allowing ourselves to receive the love that's available when we are our authentic selves. I live this life now where it feels like I'm on MDMA all the time, almost like this uncomfortable amount of love and social interaction. And it wasn't always like this at all for me. Growing up, I was raised in an environment where I felt like I needed to be someone else to receive love, to receive attention, to be validated, to be included. I grew up in an environment with very conservative values, some of which I still hold with me to this day and I find that they work really well for me and some of which were very limiting and fear-based and were not expansive at all. And I've, I've let a lot of those go. But where I grew up, I, I learned to, to abandon myself first. That, that's a, a big wound for me is around abandonment. I found that when I was my full self, when I expressed my wild chaos, emotions, sexuality, like full range, I would be abandoned. So instead of other people abandoning me, I decided to abandon myself by becoming someone I wasn't. And this pattern continued after I left 
home. I grew up in a small town in Missouri and then I went to school in Chicago and there was definitely a little bit more of me that came online when I moved to Chicago. But there was also this pattern in relationships where I would become whoever, you know, the man I was dating, whoever I thought he would want me to be. So for example, I started dating this guy. Oh, he was so fucking sweet. He took me to St. Lucia for my birthday and like loved me so hard. But the thing was, is he loved a version of me that wasn't me. He was also very conservative and very traditional. And, you know, he expressed that he, like at the time I was doing some modeling and I, I got offered a, like a, a small acting, like commercial opportunity. And I had to like kiss someone in the scene. And I told him about it and, you know, asked him how he felt about it. And he was like, no, you, you cannot do that. Absolutely not. And it was like, oh, like it was like, obviously it was just a gig. It wasn't like I was going to go off and have feelings for this person. But, um, but even like something as small as like my job, you know, or my work at the time was triggering for him. And that's just like one example. But throughout the entirety of the relationship, I became exactly who he wanted me to be. I became a good girl. I dressed very preppy, you know, in the way that I thought that he would like. Um, I did a lot of cooking for him, which I actually did really like, but I really kind of just made myself fit into this box, into this role that would be what he liked. And it was so uncomfortable because I, I loved him too. And he was his authentic self and I loved him for exactly as he was. And I also knew that like, it wasn't going to work because he hadn't even, he hadn't fallen in love with the authentic me. I was always acting. I was always holding back. I remember we went to Paris and my favorite part of the trip was when I went out by myself and like walked around the city and I like, I felt like the city was activating me and I was coming online. And then I would go back to the hotel room and I'd have to make myself small again to fit into his perception of me. And this was all created by me. Um, he is an incredible person and did, didn't do anything wrong in this scenario. Um, who's to say how he would have fully reacted if I were to, you know, embody my fullest expression of self at that age, but it never came to that. Um, at the same time, you know, in my early twenties, I would go on trips with friends or just hang out with friends. And I could only handle like so much time with my friends. Like it would be like, I could only hang out with them for a few hours and then I needed my alone time. And I thought that I was introverted, but in reality, I just wasn't being my full self. So being around other people in social situations, I was constantly in this performance that it was exhausting for me. And this was all from my childhood wounding that I was just carrying forth, carrying forth. And it wasn't until I started to do more of my inner child work and started working with my beliefs and my trauma that more of myself came online. But there was a long period of my life where I was super hyper independent 
to the point that that relationship that I spoke into, it ended because I was like, I was living in Chicago at the time. I was incredibly depressed and I was in this relationship that clearly wasn't serving me. And my solution was, I'm going to run away. I'm going to run away from all my problems. So I had gotten a new job where I could just work completely online. And I decided that I would leave. I would just leave. So I decided to move to Europe. I moved to Portugal where the cost of living was very low at the time. It's much higher now. Portugal has become quite a bit more touristy. But at the time, I think my rent was like 300 bucks a month. It was so cheap. And I said, okay, I'm going to just move away. Me against the world. I don't need anyone. I'm going to prove that I don't need anyone. I'm going to have the most fabulous time in Europe. And it's going to be great. And I get to Europe. And I'm just as depressed as I was in Chicago, if not more depressed. I went through an insane dark night of the soul. I was so lonely. I was so, 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 so lonely. I would cry myself to sleep at night. And again, I didn't have an amazing relationship with my family. I would reach out to them and they weren't responding to me. And I was just feeling like, ah. And the one thing that really turned, there were, there were a couple of things that turned things around, but I started to realize like, I need people. I actually need people. And, and to be fair, in that time in the spiritual communities, especially, there was a lot of jargon around like self-love and like, you don't need anyone else. Like if you love yourself, you don't, you don't need anyone. Like you're all that you need. And I think that there's some merit to that. I think that self-love is very important and, you know, looking inward and getting curious about our relationship to ourself is invaluable and is such an important part about of the work. But what is also really fucking important is having relationships because relationships are, again, are, are they are, are, they are our mirrors. They are our invitation to grow. We came here to be in relationship. We came here to be in love. I'm actually going to pull up something that I wrote about this. This is just coming to me right now. This is what happens a lot of the time when I'm recording kind of off the cuff is that I get inspired. I do. um, I'm actually going to pull up an article that I wrote in this time in my life when I had this realization, because I think that it just really speaks to this time in my life that I want to call forth for y'all. So I found the writing and this was dated April 5th, 2018. So this is a little over five years ago, almost six years. Oh, what a year it has been. It has been a year of excitement and challenge and smiles and pain. It has been a year of love, a year of growth and change. A year ago, I began a quest, which I believe to be a catalyst in my unique path to happy. And along the way, I just might have found what I was looking for in the most unlikely of places, within. When people talk about self-growth and breakthrough moments, they often state over the discomfort and exhaustion it brings. Growing can be painful. 
It means spending a lot of time alone in front of a mirror asking yourself uncomfortable questions. It means saying goodbye to people you love and experiences you hold dear because you've outgrown them. It means recognizing bad habits and finding the inner strength to overcome them. In this past year living nomadically, I've spent countless hours alone considering my worldview and personal decisions and how they align with who I want to be, who I am meant to be. And with all this time, it dawned on me that I've had the most warped view of independence and it has consequently affected the ways I relate to people. To me, being independent meant me against the world, completely self-sufficient, sneering at the idea of needing anyone scoffing at the prospect of asking or accepting help of any kind. What I've learned, independence doesn't mean you don't need people. We all need other humans in our lives to love, to grow, and to share together. Independence means taking responsibility for your feelings, actions, and livelihood, and consistently making the decisions that serve you best without harming others. You mustn't rely on others to function. You function to be your best self for yourself and for others. The key to being independent is to recognize you have all that you need within. You are able to provide for yourself and create your own happiness. But to be independent with others is incredibly rewarding as you continue on a path that serves your self-growth while enjoying those happy and challenging and soul-fulfilling individual moments with fellow humanity. There's more to this, and I would even go a step further. In some of this, I kind of said, all that you need is within, yes and no. (laughs) Yes and no, Um, in my opinion. They say you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and this is something that I really, really resonate with. And as I've invested in living a tantric lifestyle, my relationships have evolved and become so much more juicy and liberating. And I believe that this is something that everyone deserves. However, finding these people can be a little bit challenging at first. And so it is my mission to create more spaces for people to find individuals that are resonant with the tantric lifestyle, that are really resonant with you, the listener, the person who is investing their time into living a life that is expansive and liberating. So with that, I'm committed to creating more and more safe spaces for people to discover their desires and practice their boundaries, to connect in community, to celebrate and to grow together so that we can all step into a more authentic version of ourselves and experience truly unconditional love. So we have Tantra retreats, retreats for men, women, couples, singles. We also have female-only retreats just for the ladies stepping into their divine feminine. We have play parties. We have Tantra workshops, Tantra yoga, women's circles. We've got all kinds of really powerful in-person events. You can find all the details at www.talktantratome.com backslash events. You can also just go to talktantratumi.com and click the events tab to find out about all the latest and the greatest. And if you're wanting me all to yourself, I can't blame you. I also host private retreats for both individuals and couples. Those are one-on-one. You get me all to yourself and I'm available for private Tantra workshops and performances. And this is great for events like your birthday or maybe a bachelorette party or bachelor weekend. 
we can talk and create something that will be extra special just for you. So I cannot wait to connect with you in real life. But for now, thanks so much for your patience with this brief interruption and let's get back to the episode. So that kind of sums up where I was at this time, what I, how I felt about independence, what began to shift for me because I really, really was in this state of insane hyperdependence, feeling like I could just do it all alone. But in reality, I became more depressed. And so I started to do some things to... Sorry, I just needed to make a little adjustment to the, to the camera here. Um, I started to do some things to reclaim my relationship to relating. And a lot of that had to do with healing my inner child. So I'm going to go in and kind of share some of the things that I did. So one of the things that I did was really consider what I missed out on as a child and how it affected me. So I very much had this, like, I wanted to be a grown up when I was a kid. I like really, really like I got a lot of attention for being very mature and put together and the good girl. And so I realized one of the things that I missed out on as a child was being in my emotional expression, making messes, being crafty and like, like more, more of me. And so I started to you know, reclaim that. And I actually, I read the artist's way, which was a really great, um, you know, to me, all of our, all of our inner children are, are little artists. And that was really impactful for me. And I went and I lived in Tbilisi at the time in Georgia, the Republic of Georgia, not Georgia, the state, Georgia, the country. And, um, I really went into this. Tbilisi actually means warm place that's what it translates to from georgian the georgian the language and i really just kind of let myself be a kid again in this nest of sorts so i did a lot of connecting with my inner child i did a lot of sacred play sort of activities i also did a lot of introspection to let go of burden shame and guilt I started meditating pretty much every day um, to kind of create more spaciousness in my nervous system so that I could relax and actually receive the transformation that I was creating in my embodiment practices. Another thing that I started to include in my um, journey was learning what my parents couldn't teach me. So this is everything from like practical stuff to more energetic and emotional things. So, you know, my parents didn't teach me how to set boundaries. My parents didn't really teach me how to regulate my emotions. Um, you know, communication was something that they weren't always really great at. Uh, those are a lot of more inner, you know, energetic things. They did teach me, you know, how to be a leader and accountability and some other things that I um, kind of reframed my relationship to, to make sure that my relationship to what I was being accountable for was an integrity. So what I mean is I, at the time and still to this day, very often will source my validation from my work. 
And I think that that's actually not a bad thing, especially if you're in a purpose aligned work. I noticed that when I take too long of breaks from work, I'm the, you know, a lot of people like can't like, you know, they go on vacation and they don't want to go back to work. For me, it's like, I literally can't wait to go back to work. And I have a really hard time keeping my laptop shut when I'm on vacation. Um, so I think that the, a part of that is because I'm just so excited about what I do and I love the transformations that I'm able to create and the impact it's making on the world. And there's also something to be said for if I'm on my laptop on vacation, am I doing it because, um, I don't know what else to do with myself. You know, sometimes we're using work as a distraction from what's going on inside and that also tends to uh, affect our relationships as well. So if I'm on vacation and I'm with someone I love, am I really present with them if all I can think about is work, for example? So learning what my parents taught me, my father specifically, you know, was always late, you know, because he was, you know, working late. He would forget to pick us up sometimes. You know, he was on work calls, you know, at family gatherings, things like that. It's like, okay, like, yes, he taught me how to be an amazing entrepreneur and leader, but was the relationship healthy? So it's also reframing the positive things that you did learn from your parents and then flipping them on their head. Um, you know, also, you know, I, I spoke into a lot of the energetic, like things that we learn from our parents, but also there's the physical things. Like I was never taught how to do my taxes or, you know, change the oil in my car or even know like how often to change the oil in a car. My first car that I bought myself, I completely ruined. I blew out the transmission because I just didn't know that you like needed to get an oil change. I had no idea because no one taught me that. So it's also like I, I began surrounding myself with incredible men and women, but mostly men that had that sense of, you know, masculine knowledge and relationship to the world that could help like that I could ask questions like hey you know I'm buying a car what do I need to do and I remember my friend at the time told me all about you need to go get an inspection do not buy a car unless you go and have it inspected and that saved my ass I almost bought a car I took it to go get an inspection because my male friend told me to do that and guess what it was completely fucked the car the guy was like do not buy this car unless you're going to get like an insane deal for it and you're willing to put money into it to get it fixed and I obviously wasn't so another thing learning what your parents couldn't teach you or finding individuals in your life that can be allies again we need people uh to help you with those sorts of things that might not be your forte and this kind of leans into the next point that I want to make on reparenting yourself. And that is to create meaningful relationships and form a support network. One, uh, this is like a little take home activity, if you will. One thing that I like to do with my clients very often to make sure that they have the support that is going to be, um, empowering for them in our containers is to have them make a list of five safe people. So obviously they're coming to me for support and I can actually be one of those five people, but we need more than just one person because you know, it, it's interesting. I find that society really puts this pressure on our relationships, especially our romantic relationships. There's a lot of pressure for one person to fulfill all of our intimacy needs. And I'm not just talking about sexual intimacy, I'm talking about physical intimacy that isn't sexual, intellectual intimacy, spiritual intimacy, emotional intimacy, 
etc. And it's my opinion that society really puts forth this depiction, especially in movies and TV and books and stuff that are life partner or our primary partner or our romantic relationship should fulfill all of those needs. And that puts so much unnecessary stress on the relationship. We're all going to go through seasons where we're more available to support our, our partners and less available. And so that's why it's really good to have five people. And it's also recognizing that sometimes our chosen life partner just isn't going to be able to fulfill maybe our spiritual intimacy. Maybe that's something that you go to your girlfriends for, or you go to religion for, um, or, you know, one of the other needs, for example. So, uh, I recommend having five safe people and safe people are people that you feel safe to be your full self with. And maybe you don't talk to each of them about every detail of your life, but generally speaking, you feel really safe with, um, you know, your mom who is really judgmental of your life decisions, maybe shouldn't be one of your safe people. You still love her. She's still in your life. And maybe you share things with her, but maybe she's not one of your safe people, for example. So, um, you know, just to go through my safe people, I have my therapist, she's a safe person. I go to her for emotional support, um, spiritual support. Uh, I don't go to her for physical intimacy or sexual intimacy. My husband really covers all of the bases, although I will say he's maybe not as spiritual as me, um, but I do feel safe with him to go to for all of the things. Uh, you know, so that's two. Um, my best friend, Chloe, who I've known forever, she actually interviewed me. I think it's episode 100 of the podcast. She comes on and interviews me. Um, she's someone that I can go to for like, honestly, like if I was in jail, like I'd call her sort of vibe. Um, so that's three. Um, and then I have a, a, like an other group of girlfriends here in Austin that I could kind of group into one, but I'll pull forth one individual, Sophia, who's also been on the podcast. I'm hosting a retreat with her as well. She's someone that is really, really supportive for me in, you know, talking about my relationships because she's one of my only married friends. I feel like I can go to her. She's a few years ahead of me in the marriage. So I get a lot of support for her on that emotional intimacy. Um, and I also feel really safe with her to be in physical intimacy. Uh, let's see one more. It's hard to pick one more. I'm like, I'm having so many names come through that it's almost hard to pick another one. I'll say uh, my business coach as well. She's someone that obviously I go to for a lot of intellectual intimacy. She's also very spiritual, so spiritual intimacy. But then I also have like this incredible group of girlfriends here in Austin. Um, I have a, a community with my uh, Tantra community here as well. So there's lots of space for me to explore lots of different sides of myself. So my challenge for you, uh, the listener as a take home homework would be to think about who are your five safe people and then even maybe to take it a step further and share with them, tell them, hey, I did this exercise. I have identified you as one of my safe people. I wanted to honor you for being that with, for me, like for, for being a safe space for me to be my full self. And I also wanted to see how you feel about that, how you feel about being support for me. And it's good to have these check-ins every once in a while, especially when people are going through, you know, big life transitions. I know that I'm not going to be as available as a safe person, as a support system when I'm pregnant and having child, for example. Uh, 
Another thing to reparent yourself is to fulfill the needs that your parent didn't meet. So this goes along with, you know, kind of like being there for yourself, doing the self-love, doing the self-care, being kind to yourself, thinking about your internal dialogue. Oftentimes we have our inner child, but then we also have an inner critic. And very often the inner critic is the voice of someone who traumatized us in our childhood. And that might be our parents. That might be a bully. Um, it could be like society as a whole. You get to kind of figure out who that is, but really getting clear on what are these voices trying to tell you? How do you hold space for both of them? Calling in your higher self and reminding your inner child that it is safe to be them, that they didn't do anything wrong, that they are loved, really working on the inner dialogue as well. Uh, and then the last piece that I have as a tip is just to be you, be you, reclaim yourself. You know, I, as I mentioned, there was a lot of inauthenticity and fear of vulnerability for me for decades of my life because I found that being me just wasn't, I wasn't going to be accepted. It wasn't safe where I was, but now I look around and, you know, thinking about all of those people that were around the table at Thanksgiving, none of them would be in my life if I hadn't have done the work to reclaim myself, to become myself, to heal the abandonment that I did to myself. My husband, I wouldn't have met him. And we met at a workshop I was teaching. We wouldn't be together if I hadn't have started to like step into my purpose, which is an inherent part of who I am. You know, same with the sisters. If I kept playing small, you know, for a very long time, I had a lot of friends who were just very stuck, stuck in relationships that weren't serving them, stuck in jobs that they weren't excited about. They were just playing really small. And now I have these friends that are like badasses. I have friends that are million dollar coaches. I have friends that are in relationships that I deeply admire. I have friends that are shamanic priestesses who are like, oh, it's giving me chills. Like they're literally changing the world. And I wouldn't have had those friends if I hadn't been courageous enough to show them my priestess, to show them my shamanic self, to be in the relationship that I'm in and to be in relationship to myself in a way that is authentic and true to me. So those are some tips that I have for you on allowing love to flow in because really let's come back to the title. Are you cock blocking love? This question is deeply related to your inner child the little you within you its purest desire is to love and to be loved that's what all children want they come into this world just wanting love and also wanting to give love that's it and so a lot of this work on finding the parts of ourselves that are resisting love that are protecting ourselves that are becoming someone else to receive love, but then not being able to receive it because it's not really true love because we're not ourselves. All of this is inner child stuff. And the beautiful thing is that we are going really, really deep on this topic in the Higher Love Club this month. So the Higher Love Club is my online community. It's a membership 
for extraordinary beings. I believe that within each of us, there is a higher level of love that is available that will connect us to a more profound aspect of our existence. And inside the Higher Love Club, we you know, have different tools to awaken your senses, ignite your soul's purpose so that you can embrace a love that transcends the boundaries of the ordinary. I use tools of Tantra and sacred sexuality and self-love to help you unlock the secrets to deepening connections and experiencing profound union with yourself and with others in your life. We're really looking at within the higher love club, working on the relationship to self, then branching out and working on the relationships to the people closest to us, our family, our friends, our, our beloveds. And then how does that expand even deeper into the world? How can healing your inner child actually legitimately change the world? So that's what the higher love club is all about. It is every month inside the higher love club, we dive into a different theme. So this month, December 2023, we're talking all about reparenting the inner child, which is so perfect because again, we're in the holiday season where so much comes up around the inner child. Within that month and that theme, there's one live workshop and one community uh, coaching call as well as an engaging video lesson where I go really deep into the theme of the month. You'll also get a a workbook, which includes activities, course materials, home play play activities, pleasure practices, journal prompts, affirmations, all kinds of other really good, juicy things to take you even deeper into the work for the month. There's also a book club. Every month we uh, suggest some reading to take you again a little bit deeper. And also when you join, uh, you get unlimited access to past workshops, to past mini courses or themes. So, you know, some other things that you might be interested in are shadow work. We did a whole month on shadow work. We did a whole month on abundance and money as a lover, prosperity, conscious conflict, dealing with conflict in relationships. And once you join the Higher Love Club, there's also an online community. And within the community, I will um, have you guys suggest, like, what do you guys want to learn about next? What do we want to focus on next month? And there'll be little polls. So some things that we're talking about coming up in future months include conscious kink, um, expressing ourselves, opening up the throat chakra, uh, what else? Masculine and feminine dynamics. Those are things that are going to be coming up in the new year. So lots of good stuff to look forward to. The membership is currently less than $50 a month. Um, it's $44 a month right now. That price will be going up every once in a while to reflect all the juiciness that's in the vault. Again, every month is a mini course inside the vault. So when you join, you're getting access to all of this other content right now. It's $44 a month, but I can't guarantee how long it's going to be at that price point. Um, or it's $444 for a year. So if you join for the year, you get one month free and you also get my signature course, turned on by life for free, for free, which turned on by life, the turn on by life course in of itself is $400. So basically you're getting buy one, get one when you join for the year. So really good stuff. Would love to see you all in it. I really created this space to be a sanctuary for you, for like-minded people, 
Uh, it's been so gorgeous to see the individuals in the community connecting um, and uh, growing together. That's what it's about. So with so much gratitude and love, thank you so much for opening yourself up to the ideas of cockpocking love and healing your inner child. This stuff is changing the world. All right, lovers, have a sexy and spiritual day, and I'll catch you next week on Talk Talk to Me. Ta-ta.